Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. We are talking Super Bowl 54, 49ers and Chiefs. I am Scott Jensen. Joined, as always, by Andrew Laird. Andrew, how is everything going? Are you excited for this game? Um, I was really excited like when we found out who it was going to be. And then I feel like as more and more people tell me how great this game is going to be, <laughs> I'm starting to get a little worried it's going to be awful. Yeah, I, I shut it down last week. I just like, because I'm a, obviously everybody listening to this knows I'm a big 49ers fan. I just kind of shut it down last week. I didn't pay attention to anything because I was just going to get, I was going to get burned out and overkill. And now we've gotten to this week and I'm really fired up about it. There is a lot of this is going to be a great game talk that usually doesn't go well, but there's also a lot of uh, the Chiefs are going to roll in this game talk. And I don't, I don't like to hear that. Um, I mean, the spread doesn't reflect that. So no, it doesn't. And the gambling doesn't, but there are a lot of, uh, a lot of media types. Uh, I saw like 538 had them at like 63%. Wow. I saw football. I saw them as 57% and like, like two thirds of the ESPN writers picked the chiefs. But, uh, uh, I think that kind of makes it fun. I saw Trent Dilfer said the 49ers were going to yeah. smoke them though. He's uh, he's kind of a 49ers guy though. Like I think he's, uh, he has I, a ring. I, he knows what it takes. Yeah, I think he's a little biased. He's done some work for the team and stuff. He's always kind of been a, a big 49ers guy. But right, uh, fun fun setup, at least with the spread and the over-under. Kansas City's favored by one. We have an over-under of 54.5, which is a massive number. Started at like 52, and there were like 98% of the bets yeah. the first two days were on the over. It, just, it flew up to 54.5. Has settled in pretty nicely, both spread and total there. Um, you know, But you look at implied totals, we got, what, 28, 27. I mean, everything lines up for a pretty good game, as you said, uh, sometimes that doesn't work out that way. But uh, how are you feeling about this game? Kind of who's going to win uh, before we jump into kind of a, a DFS set? We're also going to do some props at the end, too, which should be fun. Uh, I I don't want to, like, openly admit this to a lot of people, so I'll just say it on this podcast. Okay. But I actually do subscribe to Chris Liss's theory that, like, elite defenses um, in these big games will take care of business. And he he wrote his uh, regular Beating the Book article, Handicapping the Super Bowl. It's a and really, really good article. It is maybe. really good. It's like mixes analytics and like yeah. old trends and it's written really well. And Chris is a good writer and a smart guy. It's a, it's a really good piece. If you just want to read about the game, it's like the first place I'd go. Yeah. Chris is like really good at, at mailing it in a lot of weeks, but this one he, <laughs> he delivered. And so, um, yeah, I, I, there's just like a decent, it, it's weird. It's if you can say there's a decent amount of evidence 
over a small sample size, which is what we get here, um, that elite defenses uh, win these games. And there's only one elite defense in this game, and it's the San Francisco 49ers, even though there's kind of this weird thing that the Chiefs actually allowed fewer points this year. But um, we all know that points aren't the only thing that um, we can judge a defense on. The 49ers also had some injuries uh, towards the end of the season. Now everybody's healthy. And so uh, I'm leaning towards the 49ers in this one. Yeah, it's tough because I'm I'm obviously biased and I'm trying to look at this game unbiased. But I, I think the 49ers are definitely a better, well round, more well rounded team, and a better team overall. There was an ESPN thing today that like listed the, the all all whatever the top 50 players in the game, and 18 of the 25 top 25 were 49ers. Sorry about the phone there. Uh, but you look at then you look at the top, and it's just it's just Patrick Mahomes is such a gigantic X factor in this game that. I think the 49ers are better. I think they're a more well-rounded team, but Mahomes does so much and makes so many plays. They have superstars, and some of my superstars win these games. So as a 49er fan, I am scared to death of Mahomes. I'm scared to death of Mahomes getting out of the pocket and running is what I'm really concerned about. I think that he's going to pass. He's going to make plays. But him getting out of the pocket and running, that, that's really hurt the 49ers over the second half of the season. Now having uh, Tart and Alexander back is big for that. But Kyler Murray ran well against him. Lamar Jackson ran well against anybody, but ran well against him. Also, Russell Wilson got loose. Even Matt Ryan had 30 yards rushing. So just, I think that initial rust is going to get there, but I'm really worried about Mahomes getting out of the pocket and making some big plays. Yeah, and it's weird, and I feel like that's not really something we would have said three weeks ago. But um, if I remember correctly, he had over 50 rushing yards in the two playoff games. Yep, 53 in each one. Right, and so uh, I think he only eclipsed that once this season. And so... Uh, it, it, it is kind of a, and, you know, we're talking obviously fantasy points as well, that that helps, that that's a little X factor that like, we already knew that he was the best player in the game, or at least the best offensive player in the game. Uh, and now you have this like little bonus, like the guys that you mentioned, um, he is not in terms of like a running quarterback, like, like he, I wouldn't consider Patrick Mahomes a running quarterback, like he can run, but they, they don't design plays for him to run. It's more yeah. just like if the field is open, he takes advantage of it. But yeah, I mean, he's obviously like when you're building a fantasy lineup for this game, like it goes in a significantly different direction if you don't play him. Um, But I think everybody's going to play him. Yeah, and it's funny. I I worked on kind of just building some lineups this morning on both DraftKings and FanDuel, and uh, I didn't find it that hard to get him in. So I think everybody's going to play him. It's just like if he was really hard to get him in and you know, you really do a lot to get him in, there's one thing, but it doesn't seem that hard. Yeah, I mean, the... um with DraftKings with the salary multiplier, I wrote this in my article, but I think it, it was something like his salary as captain is like 38% of the cap, which yeah. sounds really high uh, because it is. But then you start filling in some other players and you're just like, oh, it's actually not that hard to fit him in at all. Um, so it seems like the easy thing to do is if you're playing in these big tournaments, you don't play him uh, because you're just not gaining anything if he actually has this huge game. Yeah, my thought was maybe you just uh, don't play him as captain and kind of try to fade it that way and hope he has a good game but not a great game. But I just don't – I don't see how you build it. And unless you think the Niners really shut him down, it's it's hard to see with the, with the rushing yards built in there. If, you know, if he gets 40 or 50 again, that's like an extra touchdown in there. Uh, it's kind of hard to – hard to get away from him unless you think he really has – really struggles, which I just don't think is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that goes into something I wanted to discuss of like um, your lineup for, – for people who make – one lineup or or just a few um the contests that you play are going to greatly affect how you should build this lineup like if you're playing the DraftKings millionaire maker or the FanDuel millionaire maker um which is literally one million dollars to first um the DraftKings uh one has four hundred and seventy thousand five hundred and eighty eight entries <laughs> so to finish first um really what you need to do uh, is think less about the players uh, in terms of how they will play and more about creating a lineup that nobody else will make. And so this, I mean, we have, we've had these showdown slates throughout the season, every Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. This one is by far the biggest. Like, Ex- Explain real quick just how the roster works in a showdown in case anybody doesn't play. Right, so um, you, on both sites you get one player who gets a, uh, one and a half time multiplier on whatever fantasy points they score. The difference is that on DraftKings, you also have to multiply their salary by that one 1.5x. FanDuel, you don't have to do it, so there's kind of less of an edge there if if it's something that you 
regularly do. Um, there's also only five players on FanDuel versus six on on DraftKings. But and no <laughs> and no and no positions either. It's just flex the whole way through. Uh, you can play any position you want. You don't have yep. to play res- numbers, receivers, or running backs. And there are kickers available on both yes. sides. And defense on DraftKings, not on FanDuel. Correct, correct. Yeah. Um, and you have to pick at least one player from both teams. You can't have just like a... Yes. Not that everybody, anybody thinks this is a one-sided game, but it, you can't pick six 49ers. Sorry, right. Scott. I'd like um, to. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're trying to win these huge contests, you have to beat almost half a million entries. And it's possible, and we saw this um, during the season with a few showdown slates, that there are sometimes when an optimal lineup has the top score. The problem is when the top score, or when first place pays $250,000 and you finish first along with 380 other people. Yes, you, you finish first and it's certainly a nice return, but it's not nearly as nice as finishing first with nobody else because then you don't right. have to share that prize. And so the way that you build a lineup for the, for the millionaire makers are, is really focusing on who are the guys everybody's going to play and can I build a lineup that maybe gets me exposure to some of these guys, but in totality is different than everyone else. And I think what you said there is key. Some of these guys, there are people I see that like, oh, I'm not going to play any of the top guys. You end up with the most random team. You're not going to win doing that either. But it's uh, it's picking and choosing a couple of the popular guys not to play and then sliding with some less popular guys. You're going to have to play some of the some of the popular guys because some of them are going to do well. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah, you, you don't win just because you're unique. Like, right, exactly. you can build a that's, very unique well lineup said. that finishes last. Um, and yeah, probably pretty easily, too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, if you build a lineup and it zeroes out in salary, it, somebody, there are going to be thousands of lineups that are just like, let's call it hundreds to make it feel better. So, like, one of the easy ways to differentiate is figure out how much salary you want to spend. If it's $50,000 on uh, the 50,000 cap on DraftKings, say I'm only going to spend 42,000 and you're going to miss out on uh, some of the elite players, but um, not everybody can have all the elite players. Um, Although this is kind of an interesting game in that, like how many elite fantasy players do you, do you consider in this game? Uh, Four. Who are they? Mahomes, Hill, Kittle, and Kelsey. So you put Hill in there. Okay. I do. Okay. Um, so you can't I mean, have he wasn't, If you look at his stats, he wasn't that elite this year, but I, I consider him up. There. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so you can't have all four of them. Um, I don't think. To be honest, I haven't tried those four. But like yeah, you're you, gonna, probably, you probably could, but you're looking at two two really, really cheap guys. But yeah, it's, it's, it'd be, it's a tough lineup to build. So uh, I'm actually trying to do it here. Oh, you can do it. I did it earlier. Oh, okay. I think so you, you, did. you probably have to have... Um, you probably have to have Kittle or Kelsey at MVP, maybe. Right. Or captain, whatever they call it. Yep. So, but that's probably a lineup that people are going to play. And so... Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, people are going to be like, I want these four guys and I'll do whatever else otherwise. And people will do that. Right, right. So, that's different. Like, building a lineup for that is different than if you're at a Super Bowl party with a bunch of people who, who are like, yeah, I'll play this DraftKings thing. I just have to build a lineup. Sure. Like, how you build a lineup to beat... 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 people is very different than how you build a lineup to beat 470,587. <laughs> so I think that like right off the bat, you have to figure out like, what am I trying to win a million dollars or am I trying to win the 200 from my buddies here at this party because we're here and why not? Um, right. And once you make that decision, then you can start making your actual player decisions in terms of do I play Mahomes? Do I captain him on DraftKings with this salary multiplier? What other guys do, from Kansas City do I want to play? If I don't play Mahomes, do I try to get the guys who pe- catch the passes or do I go with Damian Williams? Like there are a lot of ways to go, but you need to just figure out what you're playing first and then go from there. I, I agree. And that's, uh, that's well said and a good lesson. There's just like, so writing my article, it's, it shouldn't be all that different from because I normally write for Thursday nights and Monday nights. Right. But this one is just so much bigger. And, uh, you know, people are like, oh, if you have 150 lineups with a single game, like you can get all the combinations. Like you can't. Like, no, you cannot. You cannot. Uh, and you can't get all of the combinations with the good players. Like it's, it, it doesn't work that way. But the difference for this one is there are going to be more people 
who enter 150 lineups than any other GPP we've seen this year. And so that doesn't mean they're going to be thousands of them. Like I think I heard on a, another podcast, um, I think it was Davis Maddox podcast that the, they estimate like roughly like 70 to 80 people who do 150 lineups consistently for the, for the big showdown slates. But this one is going to be double that at least. And so that doesn't mean that really doesn't mean anything uh, in terms of like how you build the lineup. Like you still have to beat all of these entries just because one guy has 150 and you know 150 people have 150 lineups. Like they, they have more combinations than you, but like, you still need to, even if it was single entry with 470,000, which would be ridiculous, um, <laughs> you still have to beat all of these people. And so um, if you want to take home a million dollars, then you need to start looking at your lineup and say, how many people do I think are going to play this lineup? And not necessarily like that you have to have all these low owned players. Um, like we mentioned, like you don't want to give up on the points just to be unique, but you got to look at your lineup and say, do I think that somebody else, how many other people do I think are going to play this lineup? And if it's a, if you think it's going to be a very popular lineup, then you probably shouldn't even enter it into this one to win a million dollars and just enter it into other cash game, double ups and stuff like that, or just smaller contests where you don't need to go just so extreme. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's well said. And I, uh, I agree. Um, anything else on there before we jump into players? No. Cool. That was, uh, that was good. I like that. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Uh, so running backs, uh, I'm going to start with Raheem Mostert just because I love Raheem Mostert. Obviously coming off the huge game in Green Bay, 29 carries, 220 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, took over big time after Tevin Coleman dislocated his shoulder. Uh, Coleman had the big game the week before against the Vikings. So uh, but most, <laughs> you, lo- you love the 49ers running back. Oh. You're on Mostert. You're on Mostert against Green Bay, though. Yes. Yes, we, we talked about that one the week before, and I, yeah. I, I loved Mostert going to that game. Uh, that one paid off nicely. That was my best, easily my best short game slate of the whole season was that uh, that championship weekend was really nice. Yeah. Um, Mostert is 41, 14-1 if you want to captain him on DK, uh, 9,400 regularly, 13-5 on FanDuel. Uh, how do you feel about Mostert in this game? How do you feel about the Niners in terms of are they going to run the ball down the throat again? I guess it kind of some of it kind of is, is game script dependent too. Yeah, I mean, I think – the, the decision on Mostert is, is fully how you think this game plays out. Um, like, if the 49ers win, wouldn't you expect him to be the highest scoring player for them? Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that the 49ers able to win a high scoring game thing is way underplayed because they've already done it. And I, I don't I'm not concerned that they can score points. Right. But they I mean, they score points because he has four touchdowns. Sure, or they score points like they, when they beat the Saints and they beat 48-46, they pass the ball a lot. But yeah, I, yeah. I I think that most pass if they win this game are because they controlled the clock, ran the ball well, and kept Mahomes off the field to, to a decent amount. I, I agree there. Yeah, so I think, I mean, I, I back to like how you build lineups. Like if you're building one lineup, you need to build it how you think the game plays out. Absolutely. And um, Mostert just seems like the most obvious play from San Francisco to me. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting Coleman to be severely limited or not play like uh you know this yeah, whole, I, think, like, I think i think severe limited is probably the best bet right like it, it's odd because we keep like we know that they like to run one guy um i wrote in my article like you keep going back and forth between mostert and coleman but it's more because they're injured but the only thing we know is that it's not matt Breida, which is odd because it was matt Breida earlier in the season but like i just don't not that i can't see it but any in any reasonable thought, I feel like if the 49ers win, Mostert probably had a big impact and it's easier to rely on the lead running back for a team that likes to run than trying to figure out which wide receiver or tight end might be the guy. So I think Mostert's going to be the, like, I think he could be the most popular 49er. 
Yeah, I think he's probably the most popular 49er too. I mean, especially coming off a four touchdown game. And anybody that looked at any kind of advanced stats, Kansas City does struggle kind of against the run uh, up front. So that's it's kind of the way to way to probably beat them. And the 49ers are going to certainly try and do that. You got to think that Steve Spagnuolo and KC, those been watching film for two weeks, and I, I just have to think they're going to try and bring guys up in the box at least early. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the fantasy points they gave up, at least on DraftKings, because not as drastic on FanDuel, is were like uh, re- receptions from to running backs, which like really isn't part of Mostert's game. Like they don't use their they, they don't pass that much anyway, uh, yeah. and they don't really pass to the running backs that much. So, um, like so while the Chiefs like did give up a lot of points to running backs. Mostert and Coleman aren't really the types of running backs they gave up a lot of points to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess if if the goal is to stop the running game, like if you're, if you're looking at it that way, like I think San Francisco wins, but I think KC basically, you know, just like bails out on the pass and focuses fully on the run. Then you play Jimmy G. Uh, yeah, we will definitely get to Jimmy G. I do actually like the price on DraftKings as a, as a captain spot to get a little different. Yep. So if Tevin Coleman is out, say he doesn't play, he's ruled out before the game, do you then entertain Matt Breed at all? He's not been involved at all the second half of the season, but he's explosive. Uh, he's made some big plays. He fumbled a couple times late in the season, which kind of got the ball away from him. But if you look at, a, at, a, at an offense that, yes, they they have one guy, but it's, it tends to be the hot guy too. Like if Breida breaks off a couple of plays, Shanahan will go back to him. Do you think about him at all as super cheap DraftKings and FanDuel price? Um, I, th- I think I wrote in my article that the if you're making a ton of lineups, you absolutely keep Rita like in the player pool. Yes, um, that's, I agree. The possibility of Coleman being out and like occasionally guys get hurt. Uh, obviously, Coleman did. If Coleman's out and Mostert gets hurt, like it's Brita's backfield. Um, yep. And so it's one of those things that like if you – if you're okay playing a really, really risky lineup and you only have one, um, I think Breda certainly should be a consideration. I mean, it's just like things happen in football. I mean, you have to appreciate the risk that goes into it. You're probably it's probably not going to pay off, but if you're thrown in ten bucks to win a million, uh, sometimes you have to do things like that. So I think Breda is definitely like in the player pool of guys you have to consider. Yeah, I, I agree fully there. I think he's a very interesting play if you do play a lot of lineups because there are there are t- there are certain paths that, like you said, they're not probably likely, but there are definite paths where Breida could end up being a big player this game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So on the Chiefs side, Damian Williams um, is pretty much clearly the guy. We talked about this for about the last five five or six podcasts. How whenever he's actually playing, there is no doubt who the lead running back is. There's a, there was a lot of talk early on about him sharing carries and all that kind of stuff. That has been blown out of the water since he's been healthy. I guess the last four or five weeks, he played eighty five percent of the snaps last week. Um, he had seventeen carries, only for forty five yards. But he had six targets also and scored uh, scored twice the week before against against Houston in the divisional round. Um, how do you feel about D. Will this week? Fourteen seven on DraftKings to captain ninety eight hundred fourteen thousand on uh, on FanDuel just straight up. He's pretty expensive yeah, there, more expensive than Mostert. I guess he's more expensive than Mostert on DraftKings too. Um, the Forest played really well against running backs the first two weeks. Granted, they were up in those games; those teams had to pass. But you know, Dalvin Cook was was hot coming in. Was he had nine carries for eighteen yards. Aaron Jones did score twice last week, but was twelve for fifty six. Didn't really do a ton, but did score twice to be a good fantasy day. Um, how do you feel about uh, Damian Williams coming in here? Obviously, they use him out of the backfield really well. Not quite as effective uh, running the ball, but uh, clearly a weapon for them. Yeah, I think, um, like, I think he's fine. Like, I've been playing him the past few weeks, and like, he's the guy in their backfield. But uh, I think he becomes more of a differential play just because I think people want to play Mahomes, but and in playing Mahomes and Williams. Um, you're obviously expecting a ton out of the Kansas City offense. And not that that's like a bad thing, um, but you're spending a ton of money if you're playing both of those guys. And so I think he makes plenty of sense in a Mahomes fade lineup uh, just because if the idea is that either they run the ball a ton or just Mahomes doesn't have a good game, and if Mahomes doesn't have a good game, then his receivers probably don't have good games. And there are a bunch of those guys we have to consider too. But like, so I think Williams definitely makes sense. I You know, he's... Ownership is not going to be like significantly spread out. Like I feel like in this game that there are just a few like key guys that we know people are going to play, and Williams kind of falls in that category with Mostert. Nineteen targets the last three weeks, so they have been they have been using him a lot in the backfield. That little swing pass in, in the red zone, they really like going to that. Yeah, I mean that worked uh, in that Texans game when they came back. It's that 
I, I just don't know like how much how much emphasis to put on that Texans game. Like obviously teams like fall behind, but like that was just such an extreme circumstance. Yeah, um, it was a really weird game. Yeah. And so um and I just don't see them being able to do that against the 49ers, even if the 49ers go up 24 nothing in the first quarter. But um Oh, I like that thought. Yeah. Um settle down, please. Uh <laughs> but so yeah, I just uh I think they're fine. I think you it's easier to play uh, Brita or Coleman, probably not even Coleman. Like it would be so much easier if he just doesn't play, but like, I have no interest in playing Darwin Thompson or LaShawn McCoy. Like, I don't know how anybody keeps McCoy in their player pool. Yeah. I mean, people will just to be totally different, but I, I don't see enough usage on either one. Damian Williams would have, would have to get hurt. Um, and then still, I think they just throw the ball so much. I think they would, if he got hurt, I think they would just mix and match other guys anyway. So, like, if you don't see a great path even with an injury, I just I can't see playing those guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess I see the path more for Thompson than I do for, for McCoy in terms of an injury. But, um, but you're right. Like they they, they're perfectly content throwing every down if they have to. Yeah. So on that note, let's jump into the quarterbacks. Obviously, we talked about Mahomes a bunch at the top. He's 18-9 on draftings to captain him, 12-6 regular on Fandle. He's just a flat 16,000 across the board. Just been on fire in the playoffs. Uh, He had uh, five touchdowns against Houston, three against Tennessee. Uh, We mentioned the rushing yards earlier, 53 yards in each game. Whole other battle on D here, though. I mean, I, I think that's fair to say, even as a 49ers fan, I'm, I'm a little biased, but it's fair to say the Niners' defense is significantly better than Tennessee or Houston. Um, the crazy thing with Mahomes just doesn't make mistakes. I heard a stat earlier that the NFL average on throws uh, is, is a 15% of the throws end up being mistake throws. He led the NFL this year at 4%. Jeez. Yeah, it was like, it was like I think the next highs was like 8. It was like significantly ahead of the next guy. And he's like an aggressive thrower. Yes, and it just apparently aggressive and rolls out and throws on the run but does not make mistakes with with throws he makes i mean he doesn't doesn't throw interceptions very often doesn't make mistakes doesn't give the team teams chances to make plays on balls he's just so incredibly good that's awesome that's fun yeah, yeah i mean so he's not, not gonna be fun on sunday but yeah, not for you yeah. at least yeah um so he's like this is it like if you're playing a smaller contest uh you just should know that everybody's gonna play him and if that's the case um Usually, I would just play him. Like I'll try to beat people elsewhere. Yep. Um, and so, but now, do you for sure captain him then, or can you can you build paths where you just play him regularly and hope and and think he has a good game, but not so huge you have to captain him? Yeah, I think the the odd thing about Mahomes, and not the odd thing, but like the the problem with the Chiefs is, um, there's no obvious alternative. Like I guess you could captain Damian Williams. Right. Um, but otherwise, it's like you could go with Kelsey or any of the any of the pass catchers, Hill, Watkins, like. But like none of them have a realistic probability of outscoring Mahomes himself, um, which is something yeah, I mean, that I, like I guess Tyreek would be the guy if he hits like two sixty yards or something like that. But it's, it's I mean that means Mahomes threw him, so it's just it's really tough to get there. Yeah, right. Like I mean, you, you have to appreciate that. Like for every completed pass, the pass catcher earns more points than the quarterback. Um, right. But of course the quarterback can throw to anybody. And so like, um, so that's why like, I think Mahomes is going to be, he'll be the most popular. He'll be the most popular captain uh, and MVP on, on uh, FanDuel. And if you're playing in smaller contests, uh, I think you're better off just eating that and trying to beat people elsewhere as opposed to if you're playing in this, like I, I'm just because you have to be so unique to finish a solo first in any showdown slate, let alone one with almost half a million entries on, at least on DraftKings. I, I'm struggling to like buy into the idea that a Mahomes captain lineup is a solo first. Is that crazy? Uh, I don't think it's crazy. I just liked my lineups a lot more with him at 12, six over 18, nine. Obviously that's a huge difference. I yeah. just, I didn't love anything I built with him as captain. You know, that doesn't mean it doesn't work, but I'm going to have to work on it some more. But I, I just liked lineups a lot more. I thought I could get in a lot more and I didn't have to sacrifice two spots. I could sacrifice one spot. Uh, that 18, nine is pretty, pretty big. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, even now, the 16,000 on, on FanDuel, like, um, see, I, I had no trouble getting him in there. Okay. Yeah, I built some FanDuel lineups, and it's just uh, 
I didn't find it that hard to get five guys that I liked. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I found it. I found it hard. The only time I found it hard to build a lineup on DraftKings is with, with Mahomes as captain. I had to. I had, had yeah. to jump down on two spots instead of one. Yeah, I. I still think it's going to be popular. I mean, I obviously. I mean, the way you have to look at it um, is what's your expectation fantasy point wise for Mahomes, and just put the multiplier in, yep. and then look at the other guy that you're playing. Like it's essentially a a one v one of like this guy that you're really paying down for because you're captaining Mahomes versus the guy that you're allowed to, you can now spend up on if you don't captain Mahomes. And if, if you think the difference is greater than the 0.5 multiplier, you know, the, the extra 50% points, right. Then yeah, don't like, don't captain him at all. Like you can make up the points. It's not, I'm not saying that like one and a half times Mahomes is like, you can't come up with enough points to do it, but you have to make sure that the guy that you're picking versus the guy that you would be punting with can make up that difference. And the other thing that helps Mahomes in terms of the captain spot is, is a couple of the pay debt, the super pay debt options actually work well stacking with him. So it kind of works well together. You can play yeah. Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. It just kind of makes sense with Mahomes. So a lot of people will just uh, figure that that makes sense. Too. Yep. Yep. So the Niners do, uh, they, uh, they do pressure the quarterback. They rank second in the NFL in pressure percentage, um, often with only four guys. And much of that was out without D Ford, who is a, a pretty high level pass rusher. We'll be playing in this game. Not a hundred percent, but he's, he's given it a go. He's fully playing. Uh, four have had, had eight games this year against a quarterbacks who finished in the top 12 of fantasy uh, this year. Only Drew Brees had more than two touchdowns. They did play well against good quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, they're a very good defense. Uh, I mean, there's, uh, the Mahomes no is obviously that. a different level than most right. of the guys in the top twelve, too. Um, is he that much different, though? Oh, he probably uh, yes. is. Yeah, he is. I, I actually, I think he's the biggest difference maker in football, and I don't really think it's that close. Over Lamar, way over Lamar. Really? I think Lamar's season was amazing and all that, but just the fact of Mahomes is such a better passer that I just, yeah. I think, I think he's just, I think he's the most valuable player in football, and I don't, I don't think it's that close. I think that Lamar was the MVP of the season, but if you take like overall football, I think Mahomes right. is the best player, most valuable player by far. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just – he's just – and when he's healthy and fully going like he is right now, it's just uh, – I mean, he had that ball against uh, against Tennessee, like rolling his right through it like 65 yards yeah. in the air. It's just absurd. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, on the other side, like, what Let's do you do think – what do you think the, the odds are that if the 49ers win, Jimmy G wins MVP? He is. I mean, if you look at betting odds, he's the favorite among the 49ers just because, right. you know, quarterback. Because quarterback, and all that. yeah. And, 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 you know, good looking quarterback probably helps too. Yep. Um, uh, I think it's, uh, it, I think the odds are that uh, I'd probably go Mostert MVP if they win, but I think there's definitely paths where this turns into a little bit of a shootout and Garoppolo has to, has to be that guy. And I, I think that Shanahan has confidence in him to be that guy. And everybody talks about the last two weeks. They would have been stupid to throw the ball in the second half of those weeks. Oh, like, yeah. I get everybody's like, oh, he doesn't trust Garoppolo. No, he would have been really dumb. And he's learned from, you know, the 28 to 3 game and all that. He's learned how to play with the lead. I mean, they're getting there. His, his quote the other day was the best. He's like, my chances to get a 30 yard play were so much higher on the run in those games. There was no reason not to do it. They're getting six, seven yards of carry yeah. with the chance to bust big plays on almost every play, too. So if that's the case, um, would you captain Garoppolo over Mostert? Uh, I would in a big contest because I think it'll be uh, different and I think it'll be way less percentage. And I think that the Chiefs are tired of hearing about the run. I think they all they talked about with Derrick Henry two weeks ago was the stop in the run. They actually did. They stopped him pretty well. All they're going to hear about this week is Mostert and the fact that 49ers ran the ball 7,000 times the last two weeks. Uh, I think Shanahan is going to drop some great plays in the first half. I think they're going to hit a couple of big passing plays. I think Garoppolo's uh, stat line is going to be better than people think. And I think it's going to be because – uh, Shanahan's going to have two weeks and really drop some cool stuff. I love that. I mean, Garoppolo. I think, I think Shanahan is an offensive utter genius. Yeah. Player. So I, I I have to go in and say that. But I mean, I just think that he gets a lot of heat for 28 to three against Atlanta. He talked about that a lot this week. But, you know, we talk about coaches being aggressive. And he said that he regrets the one call where Matt Ryan got sacked on second and 10. But the rest of the time is like, you know, I can't. We have a whole second half against Tom Brady. I can't fully go off the gas at that point. So, yeah. I mean, all these people whine about coaches, you know, going in a shell and being aggressive. I mean, it's kind of what he did. He just made a couple, made a couple mistakes with it. Right, right. Um, the crazy thing is that Garoppolo, Garoppolo's price on DraftKings as captain is cheaper than Mahomes' non-captain salary. It is. It's wild. And it's it, it's cheaper than it is on Vandal, too, as a captain, too. He's yeah. only uh, he's only 12000 on DraftKings. I think he's a very intriguing captain play on DraftKings. You can get – you can do a lot with the rest of the lineup paying only 12000 at, at captain. But do you do you do it with like I think a lot of people if they captain Garoppolo play him and Mahomes. 
Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's like a recipe for a high scoring game. Like that's, it is. I mean, if you think, if you think shootout, you think 35, 31, and you know, the, maybe the chiefs get up a little bit before it's have to pass. I think that a Garoppolo with two receivers and Mahomes with two receivers is probably pretty darn popular. And it's probably, there's probably a theory against it, but I think that you can fit, you could fit Mahomes. Uh, I think it was like Mahomes, Hill, and then one of Robinson and Hardman with Garoppolo and Kittle and uh, either Debo or, or Sanders pretty easily. Yeah, like I think, I think there's actually a much better way to differentiate um, that we'll get to later. Okay. But um, yeah, the Jimmy G captain over Mostert. That's a that that's fun. That's fun. I think Garoppolo is going to probably make a couple of mistakes, but I think he's going to play a lot better than people think. I think his stats going to be better than people think. Uh, but it's very much game show dependent. You have to know that if they do get a lead, they will run the hell out of the ball, yeah. and you'll you'll lose out fantasy wise. There's no doubt. There are many paths where Garoppolo throws, you know, twenty balls in this game. I mean, I don't think he's going to throw eight. I don't think there's any path that goes to that against the Chiefs. But there's certainly paths where he's you know you know thirteen or fourteen to twenty and doesn't put up a lot of fantasy points, but is effective. But I think yeah, I think Kansas is scoring up. I think we're going to get uh, I think we're going to get a lot of passes in this game. I think Garoppolo throws over twenty five passes. Yeah, I think certainly for like cash games and, and smaller contests, the Mostert captain is much safer than Garoppolo. Um, uh, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. So, yeah. So let's jump into wide receivers. A first a note from DraftKings: Get a free six month subscription to RotoWire free via DraftKings. Follow these easy steps to receive your free subscription today. Go to DraftKings.com slash RotoWire dash two zero one nine and create a new DraftKings account. Make your first deposit of at least ten dollars. You'll get a free six month RotoWire membership for as a sixty dollar value. You'll also receive a free three dollar ticket for a one day fantasy sports contest deposited into your account, which expires after one year. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Only new DraftKings users are eligible. See DraftKings.com slash RotoWire-2019 for all details. So we were talking about quarterbacks and kind of at the beginning we talked about receivers a little bit. Uh, we talked about Tyreek Hill. He's really expensive on yeah. uh, on DraftKings. He's 16-5. You want to captain him, so he's way up there. Uh, scored twice against Tennessee in the AFC Championship game. Uh, has a top 75 receiving yard since week 10. Kind of quietly has not been putting up huge stat games. Had scored some touchdowns, but nothing huge. Uh, the 49ers have allowed only five passes of 40-plus yards all year during the season, but they did allow three of those during the playoffs. So they've been a little a little thrashed by those, although you know a couple. one of them, Devontae Adams last week, was you know one-on-one on Sherman kind of they were already down a bunch so i don't know if i put too much stock in that but they did avoid big explosive plays all year if you listen to robert sala talk about defense it's kind of what he prides himself in is yeah. them avoiding those explosive plays will be tough against mahomes but certainly what they've been focusing on the last uh, last two weeks he'll probably run a lot of plays from a slot k1 williams is really really good in the slot he's one of the 49ers best defenders that nobody talks about um, how do you feel about hill this week he's pricey but obviously uh, insanely fast and insanely explosive i think it's nuts to play him Really? Like, right. I, I just, for, I think the salary difference between Hill Nuts and, to play him at all or nuts to captain him? Uh, to play him. Okay. Like, I just. Because a lot of people, a lot of people obviously will. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I just have no, like, you're spending so much salary, um, particularly in a captain. Like, I think that's a an interesting differential, at least, that I'm not sure how many people are going to captain Tyree Kill because I feel like there are six guys I'd rather captain instead. But, yeah. um, yeah, it just seems like such a lot of salary for a guy who's not a high volume guy. Obviously, he can break anything at any minute. But like right. two touchdowns last week, and he only had twenty four fantasy points on on Fanduel or DraftKings. Excuse me, two weeks ago. Um, I don't know. It's like we're we're so used to seeing him with these explosive games, but they're really not that consistent. And so to pay that much, like you're you're paying that much for his upside. And usually, yes. when you pay that much, the upside comes with a solid floor, and he just doesn't have it. Yeah, and I mean the four. Listen to the four hours talk this week. He is certainly the focus of their defense. They're going to bracket him in zone a lot. They're going to have a lot of K. Y. Williams, then kind of Tart and Jimmy Ward over the top. I think they're going to really focus on keeping him in front. Granted, he's the fastest guy out there and can get behind anybody. Although most are probably pretty close to his fast, but uh, Hill is insanely fast and he can get behind guys. But they're really going to focus on that. And you got to think they're going to they're going to try and make them beat them other ways. Right, and I mean they they have guys who, um, I don't want to say can do things that Hill can do, but like. They have other small, fast receivers who can score long touchdowns. And if I'm like, why am I paying two to three times more um, for like three more targets at best? Um, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't see how, like I never found a, a lineup. Um, like I usually play cash games. So I tend to like look towards optimal lineups more. And I just like never found one with Hill in it that allowed me to do 
anything else that I wanted. So with the with the Chiefs passing game, then do you do you then focus your efforts on Kelsey? Or are you more going to Watkins or one of the cheaper guys? Where do you find yourself going for Kansas City pass catchers? Then um, I think Kelsey, like if you're spending up, I think Kelsey makes much more sense than Hill, particularly Just because of the salary target, difference. Target focus kind of stuff too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's I mean he's a bigger red zone threat. Um, they and obviously like Hill can bust out. Hill could have 170 yards on two catches. Uh, and two touchdowns. Like, I get it. Um, but I just like the inconsistency. It's not even inconsistency. It's consistently low uh, in terms of like his receptions and targets. And so um, you're you're mostly relying on long touchdowns from Tyreek Hill, um, which like, again, they can happen. But I know Kelsey's going to get the ball. I know he's going to get the ball when they're in the red zone. And if I want to get more exposure to them, um, I can't believe I'm saying this. Like beginning of the season, I would have laughed at you. But like Sammy Watkins seems like such a better value. Uh, like on DraftKings, he's four thousand dollars less. Like you know what you can do with four thousand dollars of salary? Oh yeah. For two guys that like like Watkins has been better recently. Um, he's yeah, he, got had, more... he had ten targets in the championship. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just like I, the upside. He has just as much single play upside as Hill. Um, I say all this. And Watkins scored in two games this year, <laughs> two weeks he ago, had, and in week had, one. Yeah, he had two massive games and literally did nothing the rest of the nothing. season. Nothing. Um, but I don't know. So read into that whatever you want. But it's just like it's astonishing to me how big that salary difference is. Um, like I think it's a combination of both. I think Hill is overpriced, and I think Watkins is underpriced. And given the four thousand dollar difference, I just I don't know how. I just don't see myself playing Hill in like a limited number of lineups. So if you jump down, we'll stick with the Chiefs pass catchers, and then we'll get to the 49ers. If you get down to the bottom guys, do you have a preference there? Because there's a guy here that I really like. I mean, I don't want to say they're all the same. Um, Hardman, it's really Hardman and Robinson. Yeah. But um, I, I find those two to be a coin flip. Uh, I actually like Hardman a lot this week. I think that with two weeks to plan, I think the key to really getting the Niners uh, defense loose a little bit is to get fast guys in misdirection. And if you want, and I I know Andy Reid went went back and watched, you know, the the Rams game, they did a lot. Uh, Arizona did a bunch to him, but kind of the misdirection quick passes. And I think that's where Hardman excels. He actually outsnapped Robinson for the first time uh, in the championship game since week one. So they're kind of moving towards him a little bit. I think he's going to get a couple of those kind of those jet sweeps or little quick passes from Mahomes where he goes right in front, but kind of plays coming across the formation. I think he's going to be a little more involved than most people do. I think he's going to be more involved than he has been. I think the two weeks um, kind of leads itself to drawing up plays for Hardman. He's so fast and so and so explosive when he does touch the ball. I think at 3,300 on DraftKings for the captain, 2,200 to play at all. I think I'm going to have a lot of lineups. He's 6,000 on FanDuel. Um, he's my favorite cheap play this week. I think he's going to make at least one big play. Yeah, I mean, he makes... If you're playing him, I almost feel like you have to play Mahomes. Like, I think so too. The combination catches, of think, yeah, he like runs a runs a, a run for a long yard. But yeah, I think with the cheap price, it's a it's a guy you play to get Mahomes in. Exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. Like, not only do you get the correlation, at least if they throw the ball, but then the salary is certainly helpful when you have Mahomes, particularly if you're trying to captain him on DraftKings. Yeah, as we, and we'll get to props later. I actually like Hardman and, and some props too. Mm-hmm. But let's jump to the Niners receivers. Um, we got Debo Samuel at 7,600, Manny Sanders at 5,200, Kendrick Bourne at 3,400. Um, where do you fall with these guys? Obviously, they've been all been pretty quiet except for Debo uh, in the playoffs just because they haven't thrown the ball very much. Uh, if you're playing someone here, you're going to have to play someone in, in, in a one-game lineup. Uh, where are you leaning? Um, what are your, I'm actually going to flip this on you. What are your okay. thoughts on playing all three of them without Jimmy G? That's interesting. I just don't. I mean, it's hard for them all to do well without Garoppolo doing really, really well. Yeah. Unless you think they each get like 50 yards and a touchdown and he throws for three touchdowns, but only throws for like 190 right. yards or something. Yeah. And if you think that, I mean, I, I think that Kansas is going to be as, as focused as the Niners are on Tyree killing. That's what Kansas is going to do to George Kittle. I think Kittle's going to be good, but I think they're going to really focus and try and not let him beat them. 
Um, so yeah, I think all these guys are in play. Bourne scares me a little bit because if he comes out of the slot, he's got a lot of Tyron Matthew there. But they move guys around so much. I don't yeah. think that anybody's going to get matched up one-on-one. I think one-on-one's going to everybody. Uh, I really like Debo Samuel this week. I think kind of everybody does, though. That's not too shocking. Only three targets last week for the Niners. Again, they had eight passes. Uh, but the key is he has, he's, he's really involved in the rushing game again. Yeah. He had two carries for 43 yards. They're just when they run that misdirection play. I mean, they run the same stuff over and over, and you know it's 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 all it looks the same. It's a little different. Obviously, they block everybody's different, but you know, run left, run right, run left. All of a sudden, you get that reverse, and it's just it's just so wide open each week. Yeah, the way I was looking at it, like I think, um, I think you dropped this a few weeks ago. Wasn't born leading the team in end zone targets over the last yeah, whatever still uh, still does he has five since week 10 which still leads the the, the the whole team in end zone targets right so all those were all those were touchdowns too five right, touchdowns. right so if you have him who is like an end zone threat and samuel gets all these receptions uh, excuse me all these rushing attempts um why would i ever play manny sanders because he's good and you think he slides through at a lower percentage and um you know, I think it's just a, a play that he's involved in the offense. He's out there every snap, and at some point, uh, you know, I think that the, the way you do is a close game, and they trust Sanders to make plays. I saw there was a prop on uh, the possibility of him retiring right after the game. <laughs> I think weird? we've jumped the shark, shark on props if that's one of them. I th- it was very weird to me. I was like, this guy, I, th- I feel like he has years left. But anyway, um, yeah, I think maybe you get a little bit of a of a of a ownership. Uh, yeah, he's only he's only 32 yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. um so like i think that there's a there's an ownership play there if everyone's like no no, no i'll either pay up for samuel or i'm paying down for born yeah. um but i, mean, I don't know it's... nobody in super bowl is gonna be low percentage but i think that sanders is one of the better players who slides through a low percentage because he has not been involved at all right yeah yeah, yeah. that's a, and it, everybody's gonna everybody's gonna play debo if they play a brave receiver from the niners right yeah right so yeah i mean i i mean I've said on this podcast previously how much I like Sanders. So it's just a matter that, you know, he, he just needs to get lucky. Like the problem is neither of them, or at least Sanders is not like a huge, like big play threat. Um, and so it's tough to like, it's tough for him to have a big game if he only has three catches. Yeah. I think that uh, it, ha- it would have to be uh, turned into a bit of a shootout game where he gets, you know, seven, eight targets. Right. And then right. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, that's all I see from the 49ers and Chiefs in terms of receivers. Uh, let's jump to tight ends. We kind of talked about Kelsey a little bit, but uh, averaging nine targets a game and 80 yards a game since Mahomes came, came, Mahomes came back from the injury have just been huge. He had that huge divisional game with three touchdowns. Was quiet in the AFC Championship game. Only had four targets, three for 30, but obviously going to be heavily involved in their, their offense. The Niners have been very good against tight ends, but you look a little closer. I mean, Green Bay and Jimmy Graham were good last week. Graham had that big play, or I guess two weeks ago, sorry. Uh, Jared Cook had two big touchdowns early in that Saints game and then got hurt. Tyler Higby had 100 yards. So they, they've been slipping a little bit the, late in the year against tight ends. Uh, Mark Andrews had three catches, 50 yards, and touchdown. Granted, those games were out without Tart and Alexander, both guys that kind of cover the middle of the field, cover tight ends. But uh, they've been they've been giving up a little bit to tight ends, a little more than I thought when I looked deeper at it in terms of the good ones, at least. Um. Yeah, I mean... It, it, I don't want to like call him like matchup proof, but isn't he basically matchup proof anyway? He pretty much is, but uh, I think that the way they focus this offense this week is on explosive plays. I think okay. you can see a lot of a lot of Travis Kelsey twelve yard catches this week, like ten of them, um, eight of them. <laughs> I mean, that's Maybe great. Yeah, I, I think it, I mean it's got to be that Mahomes and, and Reed are willing to to take that play, but I think they will be. I think that they've shown that they're willing to use him a lot. I just think the 49ers are going to be so concerned with the explosive plays that maybe that underneath stuff is a little more open than, it, than yeah, they'd yeah. like it to be. Yeah. So do you think he actually has some more because they're uh, selling out to stop Williams? Uh, I think he has more because they sell out to stop Tyreek Hill and play over the top and kind of let stuff in front of him. But yeah, I mean, Damian Williams could work in that same vein too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I think if you're if you're looking at a Kansas City pass catcher, like I need somebody who's going to catch these balls from Mahomes, like... Kelsey's the first guy I go to. Yeah, I, first guy I go, first guy I go to too. I think the targets will be there. I think the way the Niners build it is going to be there too. So I, I like Kelsey a lot this week. I mean, probably not saying much there. But what do you do with uh, what do you do with my friend on the other side, Mr. George Kittle? Very quiet in the playoffs. Obviously, I mean, he's been blocking the hell out of everybody else. But yeah. uh, quiet catching the ball. Just have they haven't thrown the ball. They haven't needed to throw the ball to win. Um, Kansas City only faced three tight ends this year. They were in the top fifteen among fantasy scorers. Uh, all, most of them are pretty good. Darren Waller had 63 yards and 100 yards in his two games. Hunter Henry had 69 and then 42 and a touchdown. The other game, they did shut down Mark Andrews pretty well. 
prior to the playoffs, I mean, Kittle was really in a great stretch. He had 31 catches the last four weeks, over 60 yards in each game, a couple touchdowns. He had that huge game against, uh, I think it was the Rams, where he had like 19 targets. He's awesome. He's a great player. I think that everybody is, has talked about that a lot this week. He's he's priced down. He's only 8,400, so he's 1,200 less than Kelsey is on DraftKings. He's five or 1,000 less on FanDuel. Uh, how do you think this game works out in terms of, of a Kittle week? Um, if you think Kittle has a big game, are you more likely to captain him or Garoppolo? I'm more likely to captain him. Okay. Because I think if he has a big game, it's probably a game where they really focused on him and build up plays for him, and uh, they went to him a lot. Right. Which uh, which they do get in situations like that where they just start feeding him, and he gets on a roll. He's unstoppable. I mean, he's, he's as close to Kelsey and Gronk as we had. And in terms of tackling him, it's almost impossible. So I think if he has a big game, um, I actually like him as a prop. I think he's an interesting uh, MVP prop. I think if the Niners ooh. win – I think it's a it's a very big Kittle game. He started at eighteen to one. He's around thirteen to one right now. Um, if I were to go kind of away from the quarterbacks and away from Mostert, he'd be my he'd be my MVP pick if I was like looking to uh, take a little bit more of a long shot. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. Um, and I think the announcers are going to be talking about his blocking constantly too, and that's not going to that's not going to hurt him either because the media people that vote for that uh, are watching the broadcast. I think they're going to they're going to focus on Kittle a ton. And with MVP stuff, there's always some weird stuff in there. I did see that uh, DraftKings has a tight end winning MVP at plus yeah. 900, which getting Kittle or Kelsey in that is. Yeah, that's, I like that too. Yeah, that's kind of fun. But anyway. It's um, harder for me to see Kelsey winning it because that means Mahomes, Mahomes probably had such, a huge game, yeah. such the guy. Like, I think that uh, the 49ers, if they run the ball well and Kittle has a big game, I think they could kind of build that as kind of the Kittle game. And, and, yep. and I, think it, I think the narrative works more than our narrative actually matters for MVP. Yeah, I, I think, um, I don't know. I just, both Kelsey and Kittle, I, I trust Kelsey more in terms of just target volume than, than I do Kittle. Of course, I, I mean, do too. The, and it's not just because that, uh, you know, it, it, it's more because, excuse me, um, that the 49ers just don't want to throw that much. And so when you don't want to throw that much and they have a, a few receivers who we just talked about who are pretty good, and then you also have Kelsey, or Kittle, who's better than the others. But it's just like I struggle to see the high enough volume from Kittle to – pay that much um, when I think he could, you know, like how much more am I getting from Kittle than Samuel? Uh, I mean, I think you could get, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it depends on how they build it. In a, you, get, you need a couple of big plays from Kittle. You need a couple yeah. of those big, long, explosive plays. It's uh, But those are like, how, those are explosive plays because he's like trucking people. It's yeah, not that he's I mean, like they, running they also, deep. They also build plays right up. He's, he's really fast too. Um, Is he really there's, fast there's, or he's like tight end fast? He's... More than tight end fast, but maybe not really fast. So somewhere okay. in between there. But he's legit fast. He's faster than you think. He's uh, If you go look at plays on YouTube, there's a lot of plays where he pulls away from DBs pretty well. But um, I think it's explosive plays where they draw stuff up, and I think that they're gonna. I think they're gonna draw a couple plays for him and make sure that he is a weapon in this game. And I think they're gonna be they, when they're so focused on the run. You, that's how you slide the tight end out of there, kind of down the middle of the yep. field. It's where you get big plays. Okay. But they gotta draw it up. It's got it's got to be a game script where it works. But I think that uh, you know if you think that uh, the Forest have to throw the ball. Uh, I think they're going to have to throw. I think as much throw as much as I do. I think that Kittle is uh, Kittle's a fun play. I think he's an interesting MVP shot just based on how the narrative could have worked out. Right, right. Okay, that's fair. Are you playing any kickers or defenses in this game? Yeah. Oh, boy. So this is what I want to talk about in terms of um, how to differentiate. All right. Um, the easiest way is to expect this game to be extremely low scoring. Like everybody is expecting a ton of points in this game. What what's extremely low scoring? Like seventeen thirteen? Sure. Okay. Um, whatever it is. Or seventeen sixteen if you want to kick. Right. Well, uh, <laughs> now now you know where I'm going here. Right. The so nobody in their right mind should be playing both defenses and both kickers in a game with a total of fifty four and a half. Right. Like don't you shouldn't do it. So that's why you do it. Like, captain the the. I would actually consider captaining the Chiefs defense, and expect you know some of these Garoppolo uh, picks that we see every so often. Maybe you get a pick six, yep. and a low scoring game, a few field goals, and all of a sudden you look down, you have all the points because they're like, let's call it one touchdown, one offensive touchdown. You know, you get your Mahomes to whoever, Kelsey or um, or Hill, but like it's not enough. And now you have both, you know, you have your, your guaranteed defensive points because it's a low-scoring game. There are a few sacks. Obviously, you know, the Niners are going to get to Mahomes. Like, 
that's how you differentiate. Like hammer the under. Both uh, both kickers are really good too. They've made thirty five of the last thirty seven field goals coming in. Uh, Butker's only made one field goal in the playoffs, but he has eleven extra points because they just keep scoring yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, keep scoring. But Gold is five for five in the in the playoffs. Made a fifty yarder uh, against uh, Green Bay last week. There was actually a pretty big kick in that game, um, kind of right before the half, and the, the game kind of changed based on him making that and them not getting field position. They got a turnover right after that. Um, he had some struggles early on. He got hurt and he's made fifteen of the last sixteen. Both these guys are really good. Um, it's just, it's just, you have to, you have to kind of play that game script of a, of a low scoring game. And I don't think a lot of people are doing that, but like you said, uh, if you want to get different, uh, that's certainly a way to do it. And the, you know, but someone like Butker, uh, you know, has a decent floor. If he makes a couple field goals, a couple extra right. points, I think you're looking at 10 points pretty easily. Right. And so, I mean, again, the total is really high. I mean, yep. last year, the total wasn't nearly as high, but we had a horrible Super Bowl. Boy, that game sucked. So when you're looking at your lineup, uh, obviously, and the 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 salary ranges that they're in um, make it very easy to be like, oh, here's the lineup I want to make if if this game is high scoring. So like the kickers are in the same range as like um, Bourne or Manny Sanders. They're kind of right in between. They're um, forty two hundred and four thousand on DraftKings. And the defenses are kind of in that range of the the lower down Chiefs receivers, Hardman and Thompson, or. Um, you know, 2,200 Robinson's 26 and then the chiefs defense 3000. Uh, and so if you, if you build a lineup, you're like, here are the long shot guys I think are going to pay off in this high scoring game. It's very easy to be like, wait a minute, maybe these guys are awful and maybe the whole game is awful. And I'll, I'll just, you know, it's a field goal fest and you have both guys, you win a million dollars with two kickers and two defenses. <laughs> You know how much I love Garoppolo, and I think he is actually really good, but I would not be shocked if he throws a really bad pick six at some point in this game. I mean, he just does kind of what he does. Every once in a while he makes a, makes a mistake, doesn't see a linebacker. He does it more than he should. He does it more than most quarterbacks do. I mean, he's only played, what, about a season and a half, so he's at the point where he's still learning that stuff. But if I were to play one of the defenses, it would definitely be Kansas City with the hope that you know Jimmy will make one of those mistakes. He probably will. It's just a matter if they take advantage of it. Right, right. They have, I mean, they have, Kansas City has eight sacks in the playoffs. The Foyers have nine. I mean, these are two teams that really get after the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, obviously we were talking about Mahomes is able to kind of like squirm out of pressure a little bit and add the rushing yards. But I think playing the defense is like, I, I think, again, I, I'm i more of a floor guy, which isn't usually going to help you win a million dollars. But like if, if I look at the possibility of the 49ers defense scoring you know, 12 ish points um, for $200 more than, than uh, Kendrick Bourne or, you know, a thousand dollars more than um, Demarcus Robinson. Like that's, those are the points that I want to get. Yeah. I think I'd probably think Kansas city has a better floor for defense with, uh, cause I think they'll, I think they'll definitely sack Garoppolo a few times and you, you then you have that upside built in with the mistakes. I just, right. Hard to go with Mahomes, you know, reading how little mistakes he makes. But right. yeah, you got a game. If they get pressure on him, if they if the Warriors get ahead, I mean, he's going to have to force some stuff. I mean, yep. he's he's the best player in the world, but he's still going to make some mistakes if you put him in situations like, like that. Right. You get special teams too. You could have a return touchdown. Yep. Who knows? Richie James Things Jr. Right. Exactly. Dude can, dude's a beast, and he can do mad flips too. He's yeah. impressive. Things can get and, weird, and so and you have you have Hardman returning case for Kansas City. That's yeah. a gigantic weapon, and the Niners have given up a bunch of big kick returns lately. So uh, Hardman scares me on special teams, which obviously builds into a Kansas City DST kind of thing. If, he, if they score a touchdown there, that's that's huge. I mean, yeah, it's just like nobody wants to cheer for defenses and kickers. No, but they could be the points there. I mean, that that's how you differentiate. I think. I plan on cheering for the defense at least 50% of the At game. least 50, yeah, half of the defenses, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, real quick, we, we talked a lot about this game, and we went kind of long, but uh, it's fun to kind of break down one game, especially when you got so many players in this game. But let's talk about a few prop bets. It's actually, you know, the Super Bowl is uh, is fun for the crazy prop bets, gigantic prop bets. You mentioned the Manuel Sanders prop bet. Uh, are there any prop bets that you, uh, that you really like? I tend to go with um, – player props you know i'm just a fantasy guy so i kind of lean that way a little bit rather than the you know who's gonna score the first six minutes kind of stuff but is there anything that uh, that really jumped out to you that you like to be betting on this weekend um i i kind of just like these like wacky ones of um you know like garoppolo to throw two touchdowns in a niners win um which is plus Uh, 280 on Fanduel. like is that exactly two or at least two two plus okay two plus um that's not necessarily one that i loved but like i those are the kind of ones that i that i look at um, but like, so you have to think of like how you think this game plays out. And yep. if you think like Debo Samuel has this great game, 
six receptions and a 49ers win is plus 470 on FanDuel. Um, so, like, I, I like zany stuff like that. Uh, I was actually going to ask you, like, if the 49ers win, that, that's why I asked it before, like, do you think Jimmy G is the obvious um, MVP? Because um, on DraftKings, like, a quarterback winning MVP is minus 230. But the next one, like a running back, is plus 500. The tight end is plus 900. Def- uh, any de- defenders plus uh, 550. And I'm like, the 49ers seem like the, the perfect team to not have the quarterback win MVP if they even if they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that, you know, all things being even, and Garoppolo has a good game, and so does Mostert, so does Kittle. I think he wins because he's the quarterback. But I think you're right. I think there's... There are many paths that uh, someone else could win the MVP for the for the Niners. I mean, I, I Nick Bosa could win the MVP if he has a couple sacks. Bosa is exactly could, who I was thinking about. Yeah, I think Kittle could win it. And th- you got to have big name guys. Like I said, narrative built. It's a voted on award. I mean, it's one of those things you have to you have to people have to know who you are. Unless you know Larry Brown gets two interceptions, that sort of random thing. But I think Bosa could win it. I think Mostert could win it. I think Kittle could win it. I, I have a hard time seeing a receiver winning. I love you know Debo Samuel gets a, a you know a, a reverse and runs for sixty yards. It could happen too. But I think that. The path for a 49er non-quarterback winning is pretty darn good. I think the path for a Chiefs non-quarterback winning is pretty damn bad. Yeah, I think that's a good read. I mean, I think you have to go like Damian Williams has scored three times and Mahomes throws for 250 yards and one touchdown or something for him to win. Right, right, right. Yeah. Agreed. So you just you just make such crazy, explosive, fun plays. And if they win, it's going to be uh, – he's going to win the MVP. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, in terms of – Prior props, I got a bunch. I really, the first one I like is one we talked about like a few minutes ago. I actually really like total sacks by both teams over four and a half. I think that both the, they have 17 sacks combined in the playoffs. I think both these teams are going to get out the quarterback a little bit. I know Mahomes isn't sacked a lot, but I think the Chiefs have at least three sacks. And the Niners have at least two sacks. I think we get to five pretty easily, and I think that, that that's a winner by the by the end of the third quarter. No, I, I think that's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Um, I like Raheem Mostert, longest rush over 16 and a half yards. Ooh. He is just an explosive guy. He's averaging six yards a pop. He's going to break one for 20 yards at some point. Like the only way I think he doesn't, if the Chiefs get way up early and then he just doesn't get chances. But if as long as he's involved, he's touching the ball, he's going to have a, he's going to have a run for 17 yards at some point in this game. What do you think about his um, rush attempt over under 15 and a half? Yeah, I didn't love that as much. I think that's probably, uh, Seems probably a little a pretty- high. It's probably a pretty good line. Seems a little bit high. It depends on Coleman playing too. Yep. Um, if Coleman plays, I have a hard time seeing him get to that many. I mean, last week was such a, a, a you know a, an anomaly and an sure. outlier. Um, but uh, I do like him uh, one run over six and a half yards. I think he he breaks one at some point. Just the way that they the way they block the way Kansas City is going to play him up in the box. I think he's going to have one that breaks through there for twenty yards. Okay, I like that. Uh, I like Debo uh, receiving yards over fifty four and a half. I think the Niners are going to have to throw the ball in this game. I think he's the main guy. I think he's gonna, a couple of those slants. Uh, for 20 yards, I think he goes over 54 and a half pretty easily too. Hmm. I wish it was total yards. Total yards would be way better. I agree yeah. there. I would. I would definitely take that. My uh, my favorite one, and probably the bet I like the most, is Mahomes over 30 and a half rushing yards. Uh, that has gone up a little bit. It's now like minus 140, minus 145. But I, I just think the way the Niners play and the way the Chiefs are playing in the in the playoffs, I think he's going to have a couple. A couple ten yard rushes, and if he, as long as he gets those, he can go over thirty half pretties. I think he's in. I think he's in the forties or fifties, uh, without a doubt. I think that one goes over by the third quarter too. Wow, just because you yeah. think they get take, so much pressure, and so there's nobody in the middle. I do. And he, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a play where D Ford rushes up upfield, and Mahomes just jumps to the B gap really easily and just runs for fifteen or twenty. And you get fifteen or twenty on one. There's no way he doesn't get to thirty and a half. I think. Right, I think he right, just right. takes one big one to do that. Okay, that's fair. Um, I like McCole Hardman receiving yards over 26 and a half. Like I said, I think he's gonna they're gonna focus on him a little bit. I think he's gonna probably have two or three shots to him. And I think one of them, uh, one of them probably hits. I like him over yards. I like his I think one I like even more is longest reception over 15 and a half yards. I think he's gonna get at least one 20 yard catch in there. Kind of the way the Niners run their zone coverage, you know, Hardman just has to sit down in a spot. He's just gonna get 15 and a half yards. I think that's gonna be uh, with him on the field more. Uh, he's he's they're kind of they're kind of trending towards him playing more. I, I like that one. I think I think if I had to bet one of them, the longest catch over 15 and a half yards, we, we where I'd go. DraftKings has it at 22 and a half in terms for of total. longest catch or over no total, total yards. Wow, I went to, I went Westgate Sportsbook, so I just went kind of the, the main one. Sure. But 22 and a half, I like even more. I yeah, of that course. That's, uh, he's like, he 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 catches two balls and he's gonna go. Over it's that. over. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. might even hit one for over that. I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah. And there's actually two defensive players I like a lot. I like Daniel Sorensen over 5.5 combined tackles, which is solo plus assisted. Yep. Um, he has 17 tackles so far in the postseason. He's going to be uh, seeing a lot of Kittle. He's going to be up and run defense when they bring seven or eight in the box. I just think that Sorensen over five and a half is going to get there pretty easily too. Ooh, you're really going deep here. And my last one is Dre Greenlaw over five and a half tackles. He has been over that number in nine of his last ten games. And Jeez. I think that uh, that's going to be a pretty uh, – 
you never know. You never know easy or not with a guy making tackles. But nine of his last ten games, I'm willing to take that shot pretty good. I think that the Chiefs will try and run the ball a little bit so he can make some tackles there. But him guarding Kelsey, you know, anytime they get those 10- and 12-yard plays that I think they're going to get with Kelsey, Greenlaw's going to be one of the guys in on those tackles, at least assisting. I think over a five-and-a-half gets there pretty easy, too. That's fun. I like that. Good call. Those are my main ones. I'll probably be betting on a whole bunch of them. I, I love Super Bowl props. Kind of makes the make, usually makes the game fun for me. I won't need them as much this year when no, I have a interest. Usually, you know, I, I'm usually bored by the Super Bowl by halftime, so I love having a lot of props and it's fun to kind of root for root with everybody at parties and stuff. Um, but those are those are my favorite uh, five or six right there. There's obviously hundreds out there, and uh, there's a whole bunch of uh, EPL ones that you could, you should probably get in on. There's a lot of uh, like will Arsenal score more goals than field goals and stuff like that. That uh, oh. like, you, you might you might be all over that. Yeah, I might have to check that out. I haven't seen them yet. I will. I'll shoot you the list I had. There's like three pages of cross sport props. <laughs> I bet. Wild. Yeah, there's a lot of a uh, lot of NBA ones, a couple of hockey ones, but uh, a lot of fun. And if uh, you know, put uh, enough money on to make it fun, but not enough to make it uh, make it hurt too much because hitting props are pretty tough. But uh, having something to root for the whole game is fun. That's why I don't like the you know who scores in the first quarter, who scores first. I like game, I like props to go the whole game. So you at least get even something to root for for four hours sitting through the long halftime show and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Manny Sanders is plus seven hundred to retire after the game. <laughs> it's actually before February 10th. I'll, I'll put it that way. LaShawn McCoy is plus 300. Like, if you have inside info, that seems like that's the bet to make right there. Right, right. right. And then they just shut it down. <laughs> of course, yeah. There's a lot of those. There's a lot of the, a lot of the ones on like commercials, like what will they say in the commercial and those, like now the commercials leak right now, so you have to shut those down. But it's right. uh, it's fun. It makes Super Bowl a lot uh, more fun. So if you're not a Chiefs or Niners fan and you want to have some fun, those are, those are some of my favorite props. Okay. I just want to throw this last one out here. DraftKings has a, a fat man touchdown uh, prop. Oh. It's, uh, is there plus, an over under on weight? Uh, no, it's just any offensive lineman okay. uh, to score. So a Zion Williamson scores doesn't count. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Plus thirty three hundred. Um, somehow it's only plus six hundred if it's an offensive or defensive lineman. All I can tell you is I don't think it'll happen. But Shanahan would love nothing more in this world than to get Joe Staley a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Oh, I like that. I like that. He loves Joe Staley to death. Everybody in that locker room loves Joe Staley to death. He's the one. He's only he's the only guy that was there. In 2012, was that crazy? Last time in the Super Bowl, there's wow. one guy still on the team. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, I, I was shocked when I saw that stat. Um, they would love to do it. They won't do it unless they, they kind of they may. But I wouldn't be shocked if they've drawn up a a red zone play from the four that if they get the right situation, uh, leaks Staley out and he catches a pass. A little Santa Clara special. A little Santa Clara special. I like it. <laughs> no, we don't. Nobody calls him Santa Clara though. I know. That's where they are <laughs> so, though. It, it okay. is. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That's where they are. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to talk about in this game? I am, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm fired up now. It's Wednesday. I can officially get excited and start to look forward to it. Yeah, get that face painted, man. Let's go. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. But oh, uh, the, uh, oh. the Garoppolo jersey is ready to go. I'm wow. having very, very few people over to the house because I just can't uh, can't deal with people who are not invested or want to actually watch the game. Usually we have a big party at the house, but I want my wife to be able to watch. And if she's entertaining, she won't pay attention. And yep. she'll get upset she can't pay attention if her friends are talking about uh, you know other uh, other stuff. So sure, sure. Uh, we're doing a very uh, very limited group, but I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, I plan on uh, probably uh, losing my voice and probably cursing more than I should. Yeah, well, sometimes you got to curse in front of your kids. It's a little life lesson, Scott. <laughs> exactly. you got to toughen them up a little bit because exactly. you got to hear it in the real world, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, Andrew, it's been, more than anything, it's been really fun doing this with you all year. You made uh, you made football season very enjoyable for me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a blast. This was a lot of fun for sure. Every week. Yeah, no, no. Every week was a lot of fun. It's a, it's a lot of work getting ready, and we're like, oh my god, here we go. We're at, we're at Friday again. But uh, once we got going, it was it was really fun every week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So thanks, everybody, for listening all year and for this week to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, the DFS version. Uh, if you could please rate or review us uh, if you've been listening to the podcast all year. If you just listened today and you enjoyed this one, we greatly appreciate a number of stars. If you want to follow uh, Andrew on Twitter, he's at Rotowire Andrew. If you want to follow me possibly ranting on Sunday during the Super Bowl, <laughs> you can follow me at Scott Gent. If it's a close game, I will be very quiet. But if it's uh, one way or the other, I might uh, maybe ranting a little bit. But uh, follow us on there uh, all season long. We'll be talking. Uh, I'll be talking a lot of baseball coming up here now that uh, baseball season is starting. Andrew will probably be talking a lot of soccer on there, and then we'll be back into football uh, in the uh, in the probably the early late summer, I guess. When, when did we start? Like July last year? Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did a lot of preseason stuff. So we'll be at you soon. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed all year and uh, have a good Super Bowl and go Niners. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.